0: line you have a plan for us as individuals and Lord you have put that plan inside of us and we have ears to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying we know the voice of God we have the Word of God in us that could be activated uh, to work for our benefit and father I pray tonight that you will show us something we've never seen let us hear something we've never heard and let us get revelation knowledge from your throne room (laughs) and I speak that every voice that opposes the voice of the Holy Ghost and that is not of the spirit of God has to be silenced at the sound of my voice whenever this is played for whatever reason I thank you father that this message will go forth with power and authority as you have ordained for it to be in Jesus name amen amen Amen. all right um (laughs) So tonight's message is a very long title. I mean, Melissa might want to just type it up there while I'm talking. Uh, so here's what it is. Live free. That's the main thing here. Live free. The tagline is freedom living is based on the truth you know. And in 2024... You're going to know more. How about that? Yes. Right? So we're going to live free. And in 2024, we're going to know more. Did I miss the, um, the markers? Yeah, In 2024, we're going to know K-N-O-W. We're going to know more. Right? Because the way the Bible says it is my people, God's people, us, die for a lack of knowledge. So if there's an area of your life that is at death's door (laughs) that needs to be resuscitated, you need more, you need God's knowledge, you're missing knowledge, you're missing knowledge. So you're not going to have that problem by the end of next year, if you listen to what I'm saying. All right, that's the goal here. So we're going to live free. I'm going to tell you something you I want you to get it out of your head uh, I want you to understand that you do not need a huge investment of time to undo massive error you don't you don't I was talking to um on Wednesday night after church I was talking to um my- uh, my my spiritual sister in uh, Texas, who I was from Kenya. And the year that I did my uh, doctorate, that I graduated, I don't remember what year I graduated, honest to God. (laughs) I don't know if it was 21 or two. I don't know if it was last year or the year before. I don't don't remember. Was it last year I graduated? I do not remember. I was trying to remember yeah, it do 's done it 's over so but here's but what i 'm saying is okay since when I was ready to graduate, the year I was ready to graduate, like in may, right, so like since the February of that year or so was probably the last time that I taught these widows the zoom. Teaching, I was teaching them because I was trying to get my dissertation finished. So I, I, I you know, my time was thing, wrapped up in that. So, but I only taught four Zoom lessons. Four wow. Zoom lessons, which meant there were moments where it was dropped. You know, like there was like signal issues. I mean, so here's what I did. So I discovered after maybe lesson three. <laughs> Before the last lesson I discovered that the ladies were amongst themselves um, translating, right? But apart from that, they were also translating on the phone to people who were listening in from the phone. So after I saw this happen, I go, I'm thinking to myself, oh my gosh. And and you know, when I get going, I just, I'm, I'm going and I'm like, I think that I need to slow down. (laughs) They were trying to translate. And they were taking these notes and all. And then some of the young men and the young kids were in the room because they were helping to operate the equipment. You know, the laptops that they got um, so that they could, you know, in case they drop it and all this stuff. But all this is going on. It's not like they had this calm environment where they could just listen without distraction and all this stuff. We're talking a whole bunch of stuff is happening at the same time. Four lessons. And let's say a year and a half later. I haven't talked to them for like a year and a half. Okay? I haven't taught them another thing for a year and a half. Whether they listen to our teachings or not, I don't know. So I got an update from her. (laughs) One of the group, there were two different groups. So we're talking 250, 300 people uh, uh, that's being affected they kept their businesses going. I, I, I taught them how to start businesses, and we give them the equipment, whatever. It's still going. So every year, there used to be a crisis when it's time to feed the widows for Christmas. Now, they just need a little supplementation to add to their profits that they've made. Right? And, they, and they're keeping their base, their base money and their base equipment to continue, you know. But four lessons four lessons and they 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 pretty much self managing themselves (laughs) but but all I did what I taught them I taught them how to treat their families I taught them how to treat their children I taught them how uh, they're being controlled and how the caste system works I taught them that because they're a widow they wear a label but that's not who they are. So throw the thing off. And they started thinking for themselves and started figuring out how they could make money. <laughs> that's what I taught them. And then I taught them about faith. And, and they never heard some of this stuff. They ne- the stuff you hear all the time, they had never heard not one iota of it. And when they, they started putting it in action. I was just like so blessed to hear. I was like, wow. <laughs> so I, when I'm teaching you, I just want you to know. You don't have to settle in, and, okay, I'm going to take this and then I'm going to work it. It works in real time. So while I'm saying it, if you have an opposing thought that blocked you, tell the thing, arrest it in real time. Don't wait to go home and arrest it. By the time you get home, it's coming up with an argument to tell you why you should keep it. you got to arrest it right away. You have to arrest it right away. If you ever see me when Pastor Duck's preaching, I'm constantly on my phone. You know what I'm doing? I'm taking notes. I'm I'm rebuilding thought processes. That's what I'm doing. I'm typing new information. That's what I do. Every time you see me over there on my phone, that's what I'm doing. So when I look back and I put topics, I have like five, six, seven note pages. By the end of a service, I have several note pages. The reason is I give them topics so that i can go back and search for the topic when i need the information and pull it up and show and and i can see what the revelation god gave me you see what i'm saying it's faster for me to do it that way than to write it in a book and try to page through to find it because i'm usually on the go a lot so i could just type in a, a a word and it'll come up with all these things you know what i'm saying so i just want you to think that way from now on any message you hear and you, that could also work for you to throw things out that people are saying that are not of God. So, you know what I'm saying? If a, if a person's preaching or teaching you something and you, that doesn't sit right, don't think about it later. Throw it out. Yeah, if, if it's not sitting right because of your belief system, you, you know, you can ask the Holy Spirit about it, but don't try to force it in you when your spirit's saying, uh, that doesn't sound Bible. <laughs> okay. So, live free. And uh, in 2024, you're going to know more. OK? So I want us to go to um, John 8:32. And this is where you know this verse. Everybody knows this verse. Um, John 8:32. Thank you, Melissa, for putting the whole big title up there. And it says, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This verse gets misquoted a lot. And people say the truth will set you free. That's not true. Because truth already exists, and how come people aren't free? Right? The truth doesn't become truth when you know about it. It's always been there. So to say the truth will set you free is error. It's not right. You will know the truth. So whatever truth you know, that truth will set you free. Now, the thing you have to define is what is truth and where does truth come from? That's that's what you have to define. So you know how the new saying in today's culture is, uh, my truth? (laughs) My truth is not the truth you need to know to set you free. The my truth movement is going to put you in bondage. Let's just get that clear. Okay? There is no my truth. I don't want to know my truth. I want to know the truth. So there's only one place that the truth is. And that is where the, the word of God, the, the truth, knowing the truth. Okay? So you have to know this. If of all the things you got to learn and know in the Bible, you got to know this. You have to know the truth. If you don't know the truth, this is where you are at risk of being bound. If you don't know the truth, you are at risk of being bound. Every place you are fuzzy on, you are at risk of becoming in bondage to the devil and to sin, right? So you may think you're a goody-two-shoes and you don't sin, But, but you have the risk of sinning in areas for which you lack knowledge. And by sinning, first thing you would run the risk of is disobedience to God. That's a sin, okay? That's the first risk of sin you run is to disobey God from not knowing the truth. The second, the first risk is disobeying God. The second thing is to accept, which is kind of the same, is to accept a lying portion Okay? Now, in this church, we talk about inheriting God's promises, experiencing their benefits. If you don't have a knowledge of a certain subject matter, you're not doing that. You're not inheriting that promise, and you're certainly not receiving the benefits of it. Okay. So, you could be sinning in that area by just simply a lack of knowledge and, and uh, rejecting something God has for you. That's a sin. Shocking, isn't it? We got to know more in 24. So you got to know when you reject God, that's a sin. Isn't that who's going to hell? The people who reject Jesus? Righteous people aren't going to hell. Those who receive Jesus aren't going to hell. Right? You're not going to go to hell if you, you know, you miss the boat about your purpose. But you're going to go to hell if you reject Jesus. Let's clear that up. But my point is the same format of rejection could exist in other areas of your life. If you were taught all your life that the Holy Spirit is not real, you shouldn't speak in tongues, and that all went away, or healing and all that stuff, that's a lie. And when you reject the Holy Spirit, when He comes to you with those things, that's a sin. You're quenching the Holy Spirit. The Bible says don't quench the Holy Spirit. You understand? So so if you are new to God, your number one assignment should be to read the entire Bible from cover to cover and stop where the Holy Spirit says stop here and spend time here. Stop there because you're probably ready for that part. You understand? Uh, The other day Pastor Doug stopped me reading my Bible and he says, do you follow like a format? Like how do you read the Bible? I just read whatever I want to (laughs) read. Oh, yep, that's me. I've already read the Bible through a couple of times, but this year I just read whatever I want to read. That worked for me this year. I don't know what I'm going to do next year. It's hard to trace me. And it should be for you too. You remember how Jesus healed people? If you follow the pattern of Jesus' life, the only habit he had that the Bible talked about was that when he went to synagogue. As was his as was his um, custom. Church was his one custom that was repeatable. But the other, they didn't even know when he was going to go pray. He just says, oh, I'm, you go here, I'm going to go pray. It wasn't like, okay, it's 3 o'clock in the morning, guys. I'm going to go pray. See you later. You, you know what I'm saying? He didn't even heal people the same way, right? He didn't even respond in compassion the same way. You remember? He had Lazarus, his best friend, Wait. He had the, you know, know, and then there were times where in the middle of dinner, he'd get up and go with the person. He didn't have them wait. The devil couldn't predict what to trip him up with. So he removed all leverage from the enemy just from the way he operated. Sometimes your life might be giving the devil too much leverage. You're giving him too much leverage. Like he knows if you had a bad day at work, when you go home, you're going to want to do this. So he'll set it up nicely for you to get everything you need to do this. You understand what I'm saying? He knows if your spouse or if your family member does a certain thing, then you're going to do this. So he'll do everything he can to get them to do that thing, so you do this. You ever notice when you testify and praise God, woo, everything's going great, and then you're like, well, that was a bummer. Cause then, like the next hour, the next day, all hell literally broke loose. But if hell really broke loose, you wouldn't be alive. So let's just not make it that dramatic. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, but it feels like that, doesn't it? So you have to understand how the devil tracks you. So here, so think about this: If you think that every time you testify, about a victory you have, then the next day, the next hour, something bad happens. What are you going to do? Not testify. Now, according to the book of Revelation, we overcome the enemy by what? The blood of the Lamb, which has already been established and done its work. And then what's the next ingredient? The word of our testimony. Not somebody else's testimony. Our testimony. So if you've been keeping in your testimony because you're afraid of what will happen, get fear out of the way and start talking about stuff that God did through you, you, that is how you overcome the devil. That's what the Bible says. Did the Bible not say that? Yeah. So you're not gonna live a dry year. You're not gonna live twenty twenty four with no testimony. Every time somebody sees you and says hi to you, you got a testimony. It should be so obnoxious that they get ticked off. <laughs> you know, I saw this um I saw this meme on, on um social media. I was gonna share it in the high level women's group and I thought, well, I don't really like George Clooney too much, so I don't want to share a meme with him on it. <laughs> And it, they have his pictures. If it's his quote, but I don't think it's his quote. But <laughs> and it says, if the people, if you're sharing uh, something good that's happened in your life with with people, with the group, and they think you're being too proud, or you know you're being like ooh, then you're in the wrong crowd. Because if you shared that same victory. With a crowd of people who are at that level of victories, what do you think they do? Yeah. So catch yourself. If you feel like somebody is showing off by telling you something, you are below the level you need to be. You need to get yourself up to their level at least. So that seems normal to you. Remember, it's a testimony. That testimony is normal to you it ha- because it happens to you too. You remember how Elizabeth and Mary were rejoicing and singing and carrying on? Why? Because they both had miracle babies in their womb. Right? They both had two babies in the womb that only God could do. One with a, with a mute husband. <laughs> <laughs> the other one pregnant by the Holy Ghost. Do you understand what I'm saying? And look at their response to each other. God didn't send, the, the, the angel, they didn't tell Mary to go to some, uh, you know, o- older woman in the family to explain what just happened. <laughs> they told her, your cousin, Elizabeth. They, they told her where to go, which level of people to be around during this time. Do you understand? So in your 2024, you need to fix your friends list. Here's my challenge to you. I'm going to challenge you, okay? Take the first quarter of 2024, three months. I'm just telling you to do three months. And minimally, potentially, completely... But this is a shock to your system, so I'm going to use the word minimally. <laughs> okay? Communicate with the people who are at a low level in your life that you know. Just, just don't mix with them too much in 20, the first quarter. Just shut it down. Just be busy, plan things, and put yourself in places with people who think higher than you. You have a couple of weeks here before the end of the year to, to make a list of those people. Yeah, you know, like for real. You're the networking lady. You understand what I'm saying? I, test yourself. I'm just you tested, and you. Then here's why. You're gonna have your own testimony about this. You're not going to hear, you know, in January we have a report from the women. So how many women have had more robust relationships? Oh, I do. I do. And then you're like, oh, wow, that's so nice. You could, uh, you're hearing the same information I'm hearing. Okay? Test yourself in 2024. And here's how you test it. The first objection to something wonderful you want to do, clue number one. <laughs> Let's put you on the, um, suspend list. <laughs> yeah. You know how you know Facebook tells you, would you like to mute this person for 30 days? Mute them. They don't have to know. You're busy every time you have to be with them. You, I mean, take this year and do that for yourself. I'm just saying, the first quarter, that's it. The people who get you so upset, every time you're done talking with them, you're like you know what I'm saying? Ration your time with them. If it's, a, if it's a spouse, like, please, do not separate for three months. Let's get this clear. Men, I'm not telling the woman to leave you. But here's what you do if it's a spouse. Here's how you work this. You might be the problem. You may very well be the problem. You may want your spouse to be something that you don't have the guts to be. And you want them to be it first. So you're supposed to straighten yourself out, but instead you keep harping on them like some nag. (laughs) That's not a swear word in America, is it? Okay, good. (laughs) One time I used a swear word at a company I was working with, but it's not a swear word to me. And everybody was like, (gasps) and I said, did I mispronounce something? No, no, no. You pronounced it wrong. <laughs> and then I said, okay, it's very obvious that I did something wrong. Would somebody please tell me what I did wrong? They said, that is the worst curse word you could say when you call a person a name. I went, oh, well, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Filed that in never saying that word again. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I asked. Okay. The Bible talks about a nagging wife. Did did the Bible not talk about a nagging wife? And incidentally, the Bible refers to a nagging wife as a building problem. Uh So we're going to talk about that at the conference, maybe, if it comes up. But think about it. By the time the conference comes up, you guys will be like testimonials (laughs) of what works. You know what I'm saying? All right, you take the challenge if you want. For the first three months, you're going to start paring your list down. So guess what? If after three months, your life has just taken off from not having these people so close, (laughs) I think it's a no-brainer what's going to be happening. (laughs) So if you find one person that helped you get higher, right? Right? Then at the end of three months, what do you think you should do for the next three months? Find more like them. <laughs> you see, I, I'm sure they may know some that you don't know. That's the people you don't want to be shy around because they're not going to pet you to bring you into their group. It's either you take it or leave it. You understand what I'm saying? You know that when they do the double jump rope thing, two people are swinging the thing? Yeah. Yeah. Do they stop? Oh, here, set yourself up. No, they just keep going. You want to jump in? Jump in. Everybody's jumping in. Do what you want to do. You understand what I'm saying? They don't go, oh, let's help her. No. Keep swinging. (laughs) Think of it that way, okay? People at a high level, they're not sitting around waiting for you, beg you to, oh, This is like a, you know, this is where I teach you what to, for next year. Are you all with me? Yeah. All right. Now, this is just one verse, but we got a lot out of it. So, you're not living your truth. Scratch that vocabulary from your life. There is no your truth. Your truth is so weak, you don't even have a clue. <laughs> okay? There is no your truth. Don't follow anybody else's truth either. You need to live the truth. There's only one, the truth. And it's from the word. You know, Josiah plays instrumentals sometimes in the car, you know, and he'll, I know he's testing me. I know he is. <laughs> so I go, Mom, what do you think? I said, you know, Josiah, something about that is wrong. It's itching in my spirit. It irritates me. Who is that? And what is that? And he'll say, oh, well, it's this. I said, uh-huh, uh-huh. What do the words of that song say? Cause that irritates me. <laughs> but there's things that you would know about that would irritate you when it's wrong because you know the truth. That's where you want to get. You want to get that if you walk into a room, and you know the truth about something. And in that room, they, they display the lie of it, but nobody said a word yet. Nobody's even there yet. But you, you could pick up on it. Don't ignore these things. Ask the Holy Spirit, what am I picking up on? It may be something that has to be taught. Maybe you have to teach the people something in that room. It may be something that has to be corrected. Then you correct. You understand? It's not always like there's a demon and I get to cast it out. No, it it could just be error. And you're picking up on the error. So you may have an answer for the error. You're not going to be all super. Well, I'm just holy now. I can't mix with you people. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you want to be around people that challenge you. Yes. We get used to like, well, well, you know, oh, sister, honey, I, you know, oh, oh, sister, I, I feel oh. don't do that don't get comfortable like that don't don't get comfortable this this is how the devil this is how the devil gets leverage over women and the women affect the house i don't care if you're married or single you're still affecting the house if you're single and you have a house in your neighborhood wouldn't it be great for kids to come over and learn the bible from you whose parents aren't doing the thing huh. you see what i'm saying So your house needs to be solid on the word so you can be influential where you are. Got it? All right. Now let's go to the book of Galatians. I want to challenge you. The first quarter, read the book of Galatians. The book of Galatians helps set you up to know how you should live. So I just went through chapter one. Okay. And I got some concepts out of it. And uh, we'll start from verse six in chapter one. And Paul is talking here about don't stray away from the true gospel of Jesus Christ. First thing. Don't stray away. You ever saw a stray dog or a stray cat? Do you know why they're called stray? Because they're homeless. Right? But they're still a cat and they're still a dog. But they're homeless, so they're called stray cat. You may be a Christian. <laughs> uh-huh. You see where I'm going with that? Yeah. You need a home. Don't be a stray Christian. Okay, because if you roam around as a Christian, you're going to lose the truth of the gospel. It's going to get muddied with all kinds of doctrine, and you're going to get confused. That 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 also goes for the people you listen to online, the Christian preachers and stuff. You still have to be careful. you have to have wisdom. Because for one, you may not be ready for what they have to say. So you would take it. They tell you when you go to Bible school, please do not leave the first year. If, if you do anything, don't leave the first year. Because you, you know enough to hurt yourself and other people. Like you don't know enough yet to, to do anything for, for mankind. So please, but please. <laughs> like they do, they tell you that. Just stay, go past the first year, Please. <laughs> Do not quit after because you are the most dangerous person now at the first year. Like you are dangerous because you got all this information and it's floating around there. And yeah, just don't leave the first year of college, of Bible school, please, right? And Gabe was telling us that the second year of school, we never told him this or anything because so we weren't planning for him to leave. Uh, he said, you know, it's when I got in my second year that I grew. He said, I just exponentially grew in my second year of, college, of Bible school. And so that's, that's true. Like his friends changed, his, you know, activities changed, his, the whole thing changed. And he felt tremendous growth in the second year. So, uh, don't be a stray Christian. You must have a church that's the truth. Okay, don't hook up to an IV of toxicity either because that's dangerous. All right, so that's in verse 6. In verse 10, don't please people over God. I think every woman's book, every woman's group, every woman's conference talks about not pleasing people. But yet, that's still what every woman does. So I'm phrasing it a little different, Okay. Don't please people above God. Right? So you can still please people, but the priority is different. Because I don't think there's any woman that doesn't want to, like, I think it's just in us to be pleasing to people. Like, who wants to be just, do you know what I'm saying? So I think this people pleasing thing gets a little confusing because like inside of you, you're like, but I want to be nice. So I can't be nice? Is what, like, I can't? Like, I don't know what to do? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't please people above God. So if you, if this person is causing you, is giving you the, the choice between them doing something that God asks you to do and something that they want you to do, you know what to do. That's where you take the people pleasing. You understand? and they'll find out if they allow you if they just give it some time and hush and you get to please god they will probably be the one that benefits the most because what that person is trying to find is priority with somebody right so it's they're just out of sync and out of time so you have to be able to graciously In your life, put God first and have it be known so everybody in a relationship with you knows that you're not rejecting them. You're simply doing a priority of God first, and then you'll get to them. You see how that makes it a little better? So you don't have to squash people pleasing. (laughs) So I was listening to the podcast, the um, tapestry podcast from uh, Pastor Nadine and and uh, Melissa, I almost called you Elizabeth there for a minute, but <laughs> no why, but uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, and you were talking about Mar- Martha, yeah. Mary and Martha, and all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit says, so, do you not think I want people to take care of meals and stuff? And women, we always have this problem trying to justify this, right? Because in reality, if we ain't cooking nothing, where is it coming from? You know, if, if we can clean the house, who's clean the house? Like somebody's cleaning the house, whether it's me, the guy, even the kid, somebody's cleaning the house, <laughs> okay? But the Lord showed me it was out of order. Martha was trying to do something during the time that was not allotted for that thing. As do Christians. So in the first quarter of this year, you look at your schedule. And you speak to it that everything that takes a date of your assignment with God at his house has to be pushed over. So he can be put in that spot. You're getting a head start. You could get the calendar out and talk to it. This is you doing what you can do. You understand? And then God will do what he needs to do to make what you are showing in your heart as a priority happen. You see? But if you look at your life this past year and see how many times you made a decision... To attend church, attend something your church is doing, do something based on availability after other priorities have been put in place. Check your your year and see if you've done that. And you need to decide what you want to do this. Do the first quarter. I'm telling you the first quarter is all I'm asking you guys to do this. If it works, rinse and repeat three more times and then you make it to the end of the year okay that it could instead of telling you the whole big year that that makes you feel like you got 12 months to work on this ah three months okay three months and take it to the 30th not the 31st <laughs> it's a Little inside joke with me and Michelle there so <laughs> um, so okay you see what I'm saying here right so don't get involved. Okay, don't please people please over God. All right, we got that? All right, that's in verse 10. Verse um, 13. Uh, don't, oh, this is a big one. And people do this and don't even know. So listen to everything I have to say and then I'll explain. Okay. Don't be involved in anything that would destroy God's church like Paul did. You remember how he's persecuting Christians? Before God, God witnessed to Paul, by the way. Paul did it systemically. So if you read this verse in verse 13, he, um, he did the system. I think it's the passion that might say the word system. But he Yeah, he worked a system. He worked through the system of religion to persecute the church. Get out of any systems of religion that you're part of. Just the first quarter. That's all. Knock them over for just one quarter. Any system of religion that you're involved in, remove yourself from it. And don't destroy the church so god the holy spirit will show you how to do that so so okay so what are some examples of things that would be yeah you need examples you're like what the heck is she talking about so i call up miss arlene and i say hey miss arlene you know i saw your church on sunday what did you think of the service oh i thought it was great really you know we don't have this here thank god we got rid of that many years ago but i'm giving you an example because other people listen too, right you know i just thought that you know maybe the they could have sang two more songs for heaven's sake they should have sang two less songs you know <laughs> like the drums were a little off today i don't know what happened to pastor doug he seemed a little tired you know whatever if there's a guest speaker well you know i looked him up online and i don't think they're up uh, you, you see so what you've done now you took your seeds that you would uh, you come over to miss and you're planting them in her because because uh Nobody wants to be upset alone. (laughs) Yeah. So you got to find somebody else at least that would make you feel comfortable keeping this. Because then it kind of somehow in your brain, it makes it lawful. Two people are doing it. So I stopped listening to, I I said this last December too, that I stopped listening to somebody because they kept talking bad about the church. I couldn't take it. I thought it was just like a phase. Like, you know, maybe one, or two messages. They had a bad, they called the church up and they didn't want him to speak or something. But man, this is like the whole thing. I can't listen to that. I, cannot, I don't care what revelation he got from God. This does it for me. I can't listen. So that's what I'm talking about. Don't participate with people who will disrupt and speak against God's church. Now, I take it further. Now, what you may take it, and it's up to you and the Holy Ghost. I don't participate with anybody that doesn't believe in tithing. Because the Bible says to bring the tithe to the storehouse. And, you know, when you think of of the local storehouses everywhere, they're they're buildings, they're churches that God has asked to be maintained so that he can send people to them to be fed and grow up. So I, if I find a minister, this, this was a big revelation when the big minister came out and started saying it. And then we saw all these other ministers that we didn't know started going, yes, I've thought this for years. Finally, somebody is saying it. And I thought to myself, well, you are finally exposing your belief system and I'm so happy to see it. You see? So I'm not telling you to do something I don't do. I do this ongoing all the time. Right. So then again, I'm the girl who could break up with a guy and just walk away. I say, bye. See you. Nice to know you. Goodbye. Walk away. I find there's people who can do that. As I discovered with my son, he just couldn't do what I was telling him to do. So I guess there are people who have that. I personally, I am hooked up with God. He is my full time, full supply. He gets all of me. So if somebody is coming in the way of that, they go, he stays. Like I've resolved that since I was a little child. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. This is why I didn't have sex before marriage. Because that was not part of my plan. It sure one God's plan. So that kept me. I didn't have to worry about it. I have to be like, oh, I don't want to be tempted. I can go way up to the edge and walk right back. <laughs> I'd be just fine because I already had a plan. And you're not going past my plan. Do you know what I'm saying? So you have to seal some things in you that nobody could convince you otherwise. This is your first three months to get that settled. Right? Like I told you guys about the miracle of my foot. I think I had this problem last season. I don't know how many years I've been dealing with this foot thing. I think actually since my parents were sick and I was taking care of them, I have a feeling I got stressed out. (laughs) It wasn't a feeling I was physically stressed out <laughs> and it just injured my foot like with the plantar fasciitis thing or whatever. And Pastor Doug heard a message from Brother Hagen two weeks ago, maybe not even two weeks ago. And he was reminded Brother Hagen was explaining the difference between a miracle and a healing. And he was sharing that a healing is for like diseases and like things like that. But a miracle is something where it's not quite a sickness, but it's like an issue in your body. So so he's rubbing my feet and, my, and he goes, so I think you need a miracle, not a heal." And I went, well, then by golly, we need a miracle. So he, so here, okay, I have that point in here, so I'm going to skip over and tell you this point. <sighs> Don't break the belief chain. I'll explain that. I told the, I told this to the worship team. So I'm going to tell this to you. Don't break the belief chain. So here's was the belief chain in this story. Pastor Doug heard this message. And he got a revelation. So he's telling me the message. So I caught the revelation he got from somebody else. Okay. So he said with the revelation he got. That you need a miracle. And he said, so I'm going to pray that you have a miracle. I said, I agree with you. So he prays for the miracle. I agree with him. Two days later, I'm walking, and I'm like, huh, boy, this feels a lot better. And then I'm like, the pain is almost gone. And then I saw some information. remember lack of knowledge. I saw some information that showed a spot in your calf muscle that causes this pain in the back of your foot that might be the culprit. So i felt mine i went "Ooh, that is the culprit (laughs) so i had tools that i've had for years that were the tools that needed to work on that part of my calf muscle so i started working it and the thing released so then now i just have like a faint thing because i have to release one little spot i could tell but when i went to the gym or when i went at home i I, see how i could stand on this left leg i could just you know do this right well, this one I, I couldn't. I was like, oh, I couldn't. I couldn't stand up on my toes on it. It was so painful, and I realized, oh my gosh, I've been compromising my walking for so long that those muscles haven't been used. So I'm like, Lord, what do I do? He said, double up this leg when you go to the gym and just do the one to two. So I did it. After one day of following that instruction, I could stand on this one thing. <laughs> one day. So this is what miracles do. So what I did, I went around the house saying that miracle working power is working in my body. So I didn't just say uh, the miracle is working to heal my foot. I thought, well, let's just take it to the whole body. What else is going on in there? I don't know about. So I started speaking to my whole body. I started saying the cells in my body are operating on the miracle command. Okay, so here's what the Lord showed me about don't break in, not to break the belief chain or whatever I said. If I thought of Pastor Doug, you know, he's always coming up with something. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know, I've been, you know, whatever. God works miracles, you know, sure. I broke it. I broke it. I broke the belief chain from coming to me, because I don't believe Pastor Doug. It's not that I didn't believe what God could do. I didn't believe it coming from Pastor Doug, because I have a problem with him. Let's say he made me mad that day. I could, I could have lost that, because I have ought against him, and he had a revelation I needed. You see? So if God sends somebody to you with an answer, you better activate the love walk like you never activated it before. Because that's what will keep the chain of belief going between you and that person. Remember, the person came with the revelation. You didn't get to hear what they heard, but they got the revelation. If you would just believe what they're saying and receive it from them, it keeps going. It'll flow to you. Isn't that something? Yes. The people in Jesus' town couldn't receive from him because they couldn't believe. Same Jesus that went somewhere else. So so you have to ask yourself if somebody operates, right, in in healing and whatever they operate in, and it and they and when they talk to you and when they pray for you or something, nothing happens, but it helps other people, who do you think the problem is? Yeah. So the first quarter of 24, figure out (laughs) why that happens to you and nobody else. And here's what the devil makes people think. The devil makes people think they don't have enough faith. So you go working on your faith. That keeps you busy for years. You know how many years people have been working on their faith? (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? It's not that. Your love walk is messed up. And doesn't faith work by love? And you can test it. Let's say in that particular case, nobody else has spoken to you about the subject in your life except that person, right? By the way, God's not going to send another person. You just have to get over it. (laughs) So, but you have faith for other things. It's not that you got faith for other things. It's that you like the other people the other things are coming from. (laughs) Watch, check it and see. Check it and see. First quarter of 24, you're going to check this stuff out. You're going to prove right or wrong? That's what you're doing. Everybody with me? Yeah, that'd be good. All right. Now let's go back to Galatians real quick. So I'm back in Galatians. Okay. The fourth thing, I left off at the third thing, right? Don't get involved in anything that goes against God's church. And all that, just walk out of the situation. Don't try to make somebody feel comfortable talking bad about the church. You get up and say, no. I I don't tolerate this nonsense, and this is toxicity in my life. Go find somebody else to talk about that with. Just don't do it. Okay. Number four, you have to understand that being a disciple of Christ... Means that you have a mandate to go to the world. You have to affect the world. Okay? If you aren't thinking about what you're gifting, your purpose and your call in life could do for the world you are stuck you are with low-level people probably you and your cats dogs maybe lizard i don't know hamster (laughs) okay but you are still trying to solve a house problem when you were called to solve a world problem okay And that is, I'm looking at um, verse, what am I looking at for that one? Um, It's there in Galatians. Verse 16. Let me read my notes because you can't type all this up. You can play the thing again, type it slow-mo. You know, you could slow it down to half-time. On YouTube, you can slow the video down to half time. So you'll hear me talk really, really slow. <laughs> okay. This is what I wrote. Your audience is the world. Your audience is the world. It's not your family only, it's the whole wide world. When I say world, I'm talking geography, okay? Not sinners, geography, world, okay? In my office here, I have a world map, very decoratively hung. And at, in my office at home, I have a world map, okay? The practical way that we're, we do this, we started this last year, I consciously thought about this last year, was to make sure from our personal family finances that we are supporting a work on every continent. So then we're touching all the continents, right? So that's our that's our like down payment into the all the world. As a church, we look at doing that. As let's turn home, I'm looking at that as well. You, so it's my focus. It's my goal. It's my plan. You understand what I'm saying? so whether you could do it yet or not you should activate your thought process your mind your prayers your vision to do something there okay now the good news is here at the church our commission club that's what we're doing that's our that's our goal right to reach the world so we're already starting to touch those places so if you don't have a massive you know fund for missions yet Hook up with somebody that's already doing it. That's what we're doing. You see what I'm saying? But you are activating that part of God's word for your life. Whatever you do extends into other um, generations. Okay. remember Abraham? So if Abraham didn't get up and leave, don't you think God would have had somebody else in the family line to look at? Oh God! Thank God it wasn't locked. <laughs> but, <laughs> Abraham answered, "Thank you, Lord." But you know what I'm saying? Sometimes we feel. Sometimes you can get into pride, but of holding God hostage. He can't be held hostage. You know what I'm saying? Delaying your answers to God, like, well, you know, Lord, I'll let me pray about who you're praying to about it. If God is. Asking, Let's think about this for a minute. If the Holy Spirit asks you to do something and your response is, I need to pray about it. Who are you praying to? <laughs> Have you ever thought about this? Like people will come and say, I feel, I feel strongly like the Holy Spirit is telling me to do this. And then I would never go, oh, well, why did not you pray about it? <laughs> <laughs> to which God should I pray? <laughs> to verify the God. Who just me, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Imagine if the angel came to Mary and she went, well, let me pray about it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's some other practice going on here we don't know about. God thought you were highly favored. Is he like blind now? What's going on with God? He didn't see your God hidden back there. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And here's the other thing. Don't be foolish and tell God, well, I don't think I'm ready yet. He would not come if you weren't. Like, it's his work, you know. He's not going to jeopardize his assignment and give it to some loser. (laughs) I mean, like, the fact that you were asked makes you a winner. Like, think think this way. Think this way. You are in pride if you think otherwise. When you start this, I don't think I'm good enough. That's a bunch of baloney. You're speaking like the devil would speak. He's never going to be good enough ever he can't qualify for nothing doesn't even qualify to hear good proper english either spoken about him but yeah okay number five everybody got that Uh, oh here's a little note about the same thing number four so whatever you need to do work on how you as a disciple of christ can reach the world so for example i have examples in here um you you could divide it okay you could divide the world by continents like i told you about by seas i want to affect the people along the atlantic ocean the pacific oh i don't know by people groups you could do it by food types by hobbies by birds by trees whatever Pick something. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? I want to reach all the people that like, you know, black birds. Okay. Do a search on Google. (laughs) Write an article or a blog about how black birds were created by God and how only a designer that does this could And it will reach people who like black birds. (laughs) In the earth. (laughs) This seems so silly, but this is what I'm talking about. Like if you, we have Facebook, we have Instagram, we have YouTube, we have Twitter, we have all these things that people are fighting over like they're invading our privacy. They've already invaded it years ago, honey. If you have a bank account, your privacy has been invaded. Okay? It's all been invaded. If you have a social security card, your privacy has all long gone been invaded. Okay? So let's just get over that. Now it's time to activate Psalm 91, Psalm 35. God can protect you through all this invasion. Okay? That's what you need to be focusing on. Anyway. So use the leverage. Broadcast something that will attract the people group you want to affect on the earth. Okay? Start talking or writing if you're too afraid to talk. Write. Draw. I don't know. Put a mask on and talk. Nobody will know it's you, but they'll still hear what's being said. Okay? The enemy was using all these things against people so he could win. Use it all back against them. It's now normal to wear a mask. Nobody would think anything about it. (laughs) I mean, they wouldn't. You might even find a group that would actually be attracted to the fact that you have a mask on. (laughs) Okay? Oh, my goodness. It's already 8 o'clock. All right. Number five, your transformation should cause past skeptics of your life to praise God more than they ever thought they could. Verse 24. So Paul's life was so radically changed. Working for God now. I'm performing things god's word could perform when he was persecuting the church before that it caused people to get closer to god you see all right we're gonna to go to late 30 tonight was not what we say we're that's usually okay great if you have to leave leave feel free first quarter of the year that's all i say remember first quarter of the year okay uh <laughs> I have like four lessons tonight. I didn't tell you that ahead of time because then you'll be like, oh, my gosh. All right. Yeah, one for each quarter. There we go. Okay. But sample them all in the first quarter. Okay. I wrote this down. Listen to it first, and then you can write whatever you want to write from it. Okay. Bondage is when you have a desire to make a difference in the world, but you don't have the energy of personal will to follow through. And do it I'll read it again bondage is when you have a desire to make a difference in the world but you don't have the energy this is a key word The devil took the word. Make it all new agey so nobody in church wants to use it. You need energy. (laughs) Okay? This is how your body functions. Okay? But you don't have the energy of personal will to follow through and do it. For the ladies in my high value class, this would be the intrinsic motivation thing. Okay? So... That's the first part of this statement. Everybody caught up? What what did you say? Which? After energy of personal will to follow through and do it. So it's like you went to bed last night. You had all these plans in your head. Oh, my gosh. And then you wake up in the morning and you can't get out of bed. Or you get out of bed and somebody ticked you off before you put your foot on the ground. So it zapped all your energy for the day. (laughs) Motivation gone. Right? So now you're going to stick it to the man. Whatever that means in your world. And whatever. (laughs) They were going to get a great part of me, but not today. (laughs) Yeah. That's bondage. They're not in bondage. You're in bondage. (laughs) You get me? That's a word painting of what bondage looks like now that's just the first part the second part is this melissa is a genius typing it up for you okay so i ended the sentence with it which is not proper grammar but we're ending sentence right there okay i'm gonna read this and then you can write it down let me read it first bondage is an authorized mandate from the devil For anyone who wants to control another to carry out. So here's what that means. For the people who want to be leaders but don't want to do the work to qualify to lead, the devil goes to them and teaches them how to control people. So they can feel like a leader. But what they're really using to lead, in quotes, is they're using bondage. That's what I'm explaining. Now let me say it so you can write it down and rewrite it in your own language. Okay? The part I want you to get is the part that says bondage is an authorized mandate from the devil. So if the devil were instructing his agents on what their purpose is, it would be bondage. There's a scripture in the Bible that says if you want to take over a man's house, first you have to, you have to take care of the strong man of the house. You're the strong man of your own house. You are the strongest person, the strongest voice that your house will listen to. Your house will listen to your voice over the voice of God. You're the strong man of your house. So if the devil can get somebody to put you in bondage, then it's a no, you're, you're going to be at his will every single day. Even though you have a desire to do something great. You have decided to stay bound by being controlled. That's the gist of it, okay? So bondage is an authorized mandate from the devil for anyone, I should say, for anyone to use if they want to control another person. That's the best way to put it. Now you see how I write books. I read it again. and I go, oh. Lisa would say, could you explain that to me? And I'd say, this is what I mean. She'd go, well, write that. I'd be like, oh. <laughs> That's how we edit books. She'll go, okay, just write that. Oh, oh, all right. <laughs> I can write that. <laughs> okay? All right. I can't repeat what I just said, so if, if you didn't get it. <laughs> Replay. I think Melissa got it. Okay. Now listen to this statement. It should make you laugh. You should write this down and read it so you can laugh. If you ever have an issue, this will make you laugh. Okay. The devil conserves energy because he doesn't have a lot of it. Compared to you and me, because we're made in God's image, right? God is 100% energy. I mean, it's 100% of energy comes out of him, right? Life comes out of God. So we're made in God's image. So the devil has less energy than we do. you ever thought about that? So, so, so let me read that line again so that Melissa can type it out, Okay. The devil conserves energy because he doesn't have a lot of it compared to you, in parentheses I have, made in God's image, or God. So he's not only competing against God's power, he's also competing against your physical ability that God put in you of just energy generation. You should type this out and put it right by your bed if you got a problem getting out of bed. Put it, in front, put it everywhere, in your bathroom, on the mirror. <laughs> i got more energy than the devil, and he's trying to take mine, because he ain't got none for today. Not going to happen. <laughs> Think about it. Right? Isn't that good stuff? Yeah. So, so there's the other line. So he uses the clothes. Oh, this is, okay, this is where you're getting a little serious here now. Bear with me. I'm going to explain this to you. So he uses the closest person to you that can influence your behavior. This is how he takes your energy. By using the closest person to you that can influence your behavior that works for him. In other words, they might not even be a sinner but they're just more susceptible to following his instructions because of their desire to be in control. Um, I.e., narcissist. Okay. So, but they might not be a narcissist. They might be a cousin to one. They might be entering the fold of being trained to be one. You understand what I'm saying? They might just be that negative person that could never see the negativity. Of mother and fathers killed the dream of a promised land for a nation of families where only the children got to go in to where the parents could have been with them. Negativity did it. Not believing God thinking they were smaller than who God told them they could conquer. You see? See why you got to change your crowd? First three months of January, you don't want to be around anybody who thinks. You don't want to listen to their testimony about what is not possible. That's what these people did, right? But we had Joshua and Caleb so you can decide to be Joshua and Caleb. I don't care who's around me. I'm Joshua and Caleb. I, I, I uh, shout down walls, stop the sun, and I can climb mountains and take giants out. Joshua and Caleb. Right? So here's, here's the pattern that I wrote down that is potentially how it works. So you can be careful to avoid this trap. Okay? The pattern looks like this. The first level that the devil will go to to zap your energy is your parents. Right? The second level is your siblings. <laughs> that was a little too quick of the response. I don't know about that. <laughs> the third level. That was a bit too fast. Like, oh, that's my problem. <laughs> I have it with all your siblings. I'm going through my head going, what? <laughs> <laughs> the third is your spouse. If you're married, okay? The fourth is a friend. Be a close friend. It doesn't even have to be a close friend. It could just be a friend person on Facebook. They didn't like your post and you got all mad. Talk about a short fuse. You got a short fuse, that's the problem. Uh, <laughs> a co-worker... And then last, I have a distant relative. Here's the thing. It's not even the relationship to you that decides who gets used. It's their proximity to influence you. That's what the key is here. Who has the closest influence to you to interrupt your decision? Who could make you change your plans for a day? You already had plans. But they came and they changed it. This could be good or bad. You understand what I'm saying? If you have a good, positive relationship with your life, that when they change your plans for a day, your life just got better. Okay, I'd go with that change of plans. But if you have the opposite happening, every time you change your plans, things get worse. You, <laughs> the first quarter of January, they're going to be put off till January, February, March, April, April, April. April, <laughs> <laughs> April, we can talk in April. Yeah. You understand? But listen to me. Don't leave anything on the table for the devil. Write that phrase down. Don't leave anything on the table for the devil. So here's how I live that. When somebody opposes me or tried to put me in bondage and I found out, I don't associate with them closely. I make sure they can't influence me. Let's put it that way. Okay. But I speak over their life for what they should be before I walk away. About them to God. So I declare that they are this, 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 and I let it go. My pa- my process of forgiveness includes that part. Let's put it that way. You know what I'm saying? So that, and it's a model after Jesus and Peter. You remember how Jesus said to Peter, but I pray that your faith will fail not? You're going to deny me. But I'm praying that your faith will fail not. He said to Judas, though, what you do, do quickly. He didn't do anything for Judas. So you got to separate, you know, which ones get what, right? But... There was only one Judas, right? But um, you can develop your own process of how you forgive. The point is you forgive. You have to do that like that because the way you get hooked in bondage is through connection. If you don't forgive, you're still connected. You can walk away all you want, but you're still connected. So when I walk away from someone, I forgive them and cut them off but I plant seeds in them through the spirit realm. Okay? I got a phone call three days ago from somebody who I hadn't heard from for five or six years, five years maybe. And they, I knew they were not happy with me. And um, I thought they had died. I did. I was like, oh, I hope they didn't die and they don't know Jesus. Um, and I got a phone call. And I went, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to hear your voice. This was my response to them. Because there was nothing in me that thought badly about them because I'm praying for their salvation. So for me, when I heard their voice, I thought, they're alive. This is great. There is still hope. You understand what I'm saying? And then I found out that their husband is alive who the last time we saw them, the husband was dying. And Doug and I went to pray for them. So while we were there praying, I played the salvation message and they got mad at me. So, (laughs) but the person is still alive. I was so happy. So, right when I hung up the phone, I said, Lord, I pray that laborers that are qualified to go capture them for the kingdom can find them and give them the gospel. I'm calling for angels to go find these laborers and get them to them. You understand what I'm saying? so so they were deciding what to do about the future they were all this stuff bottom line is it's restored and they're gonna do what they should have been doing the whole time and they never did and all that blah 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 so my point is but it had been five years at least but when they called there was no awkward like oh oh so how are you okay no it was like we just talked yesterday So you got to practice this this is how you do this is how okay i don't know if anybody's ever uh, they've been showing these clips a lot recently because it's election coming up okay and a certain former president that technically still is a president but it depends what you believe uh, they showed the different handshakes between the presidents and leaders of countries and you saw the one where they Pull the person in and and then the, the tagline is like, I'll explain after the, the things go off. The microphone goes off because I'd like to keep my channel. So, <laughs> but they show how the body language had the power move, right? Yet they, were, yet they could still have a conversation with the enemy and negotiate so everybody's safe. You understand? So, so, so we keep peace but they weren't keeping peace by keeping quiet like oh I don't want to make you upset no they were like power shake you know like they tap the you got to look at the body I was like like I'm in charge you know when they stand there like this you know they're not like well you know (laughs) So I don't know what all the squinting is about but So when you are approaching someone that you perceive to be an enemy, you don't shrink down. you grow bigger. Do you understand what I'm saying? Anyone that's an enemy to you, you should conquer. If you are walking in God's will, then you know you're in the right. Do you understand? It's a matter of schematic. Some people just don't like you because they don't like your style. Too bad. This is my job. I'm doing it in my style. (laughs) You understand? If I did it in your style, it would be botched. (laughs) Because I don't have enough experience to do it in your style. I just know me. God told me to do it, you know? So I think he kind of wants me to do it my way. Like, not my way or the highway, but I know how to do it this way. Just let me. But you can't be like, well, I was just hoping that you'd let me do it this way just for one. No. You just lost everything. It's like lukewarm. There's no nothing. Nobody gets anything out of it. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay. We're covering a lot. You guys got this? Okay. Um, so I have here, you have to think frequency of interaction. Do you know if you had a relationship with a narcissist and if you didn't get healed from that, you are immediately going to attract another narcissist? And you know what they're going to be, though, when they first show up? They're going to be your pal. They're going to be the comforter from the narcissist. when in fact, they are a narcissist. They might be worse than the one you just let go of. So if you don't know what a narcissist is go look it up on youtube there's a ton of information so it doesn't matter if the narcissist was a spouse a boyfriend or a family member you are susceptible to attracting that type of a person again okay and you have to have wisdom god only asked hosea was it hosea who married prostitute yeah there's one example in the bible that god asked a man to marry a prostitute and it was the proof of point It was not a standard of living. (laughs) So God's not going to ask you to be a missionary spouse. You understand what I'm saying? The norm for God is not to be unequally yoked. That's the norm. That's that's normal. So that also means within the church, you're not going to be hooking up with people who don't believe at the level you do. Again, you're going to pull yourself down. You don't try to grow somebody so you can marry them. it's the guy I mean seriously better show up with some goods not marrying though (laughs) weak dude (sighs) you know when I dated I dated two guys and you can't even call it dating I just like used two guys for life experience (laughs) i knew there was no way on this planet i would ever marry them because they don't qualify for what i want for a husband and this was before i ever got to the season of my life where i met pastor doug i never knew him when i made these decisions so it wasn't like oh there comes pastor Doug! i better let go of these guys no i already made my decisions my first boyfriend lasted two months and it was because when I first came to America I wanted to know what it was like to date a white man because I was planning to marry one. So Oh my gosh, Kendra's here, she's gonna hear all this. So so this guy asked me out. I saw two guys trying to figure out how to ask me. I saw them. I'm sitting there, I'm I'm smiling to myself, like whichever one asks first is the one that's gonna get the date, because I'm not marrying either of them. Because they're both shorter than me, so let's just go. So I'm sitting there smiling. So They didn't fulfill the checklist, you know, Have to be taller than me, cannot be shorter than me. I do. I just can't do that. That's just my personal checklist. It's not a big deal. So the pastor's son lost. (laughs) The dude was too slow. He's sitting there trying to warm me up. This dude comes and says, hey, would you like to go out and eat sometime? I said, maybe. He goes, "Okay." I said, maybe. The other dude just shrunk down when he saw him ask. I thought, you loser. Like, I literally said, maybe. I was kind of waiting for your offer to come, but you gave up already. Like, you don't even qualify. I'm thinking all this in my head. I was, I was 18 years old. So, <laughs> Yep. So I went out with this guy who asked. So he came and sat next to me in the service. I ris- raised my hand, sang, did everything I would do in church. It didn't bother. I'm not trying to impress. Well, that was very impressive to him, actually. When I we went on a date, he thought, my God, you didn't even care. You were, I said, well, what do you think? Am I going to, like, impress you with not worshiping God? This would be a problem. <laughs> so I dated this guy for two months. He would drive three hours. He lived in... Um, Going towards Pittsburgh, what's, um, Altoona, he lived in Altoona actually, yeah, he lived in Altoona and he would drive to Ephrata to come on a date with me, impressive, isn't that, yeah, (laughs) and I never had sex before marriage, let's just put that out on the table, all right, so, (laughs) so, uh, this guy and I dated and it gave me It got rid of the the big, oh, my God, white boys. It got rid of it. You know what I'm saying? I took care of that. Like, okay, they're like normal boys. All right. (laughs) It's going to be easy. So, (laughs) because you have to understand, like, in a foreign country, like, the white man is a big deal. Like, the white person, you know what I'm saying, that somehow it's built up like they're better than everybody else. So you, I had to solve that in my head. So I figured that out. It was not a big deal. So, uh, <laughs> and so I dated that guy for, like, two months. And then uh, shortly after, I went to um, Lee University where I met Pastor Doug, but we never uh, had a relationship. We couldn't get long. It was terrible. I said, I'll never marry somebody like that. God. <laughs> God changed everything in him that was um, obnoxious to me without me asking God to change him. uh, I just said, I want a man that has this, this, and this, and he changed into this, this, and this. So (laughs) what was I going with all that? (laughs) My point is (laughs) you have to have people around frequency. the, The people who have access to you, that you give access to you. With frequency could put you in bondage just because you're trying to help them that's where I was going with that I had my standards and if you didn't qualify you go my standards don't go you go you understand so If you're married to that, you need to have wisdom. Ask God, how do I repair my house with this renovation that needs to be done? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know people flip entire houses by gutting out all the walls and everything else and still keep the house, but it it looks better when they're done. This is what you need to do. If it ain't your spouse, you just start over. (laughs) okay (sighs) i am not telling anybody to divorce their husband let it be known (laughs) sometimes you're the problem you are an unskilled carpenter in your house and instead of building things up you're ripping it down and you have no plan to build it back up you don't know how to put up drywall but you keep hammering at the one that's there Like I'm just gonna if I rip this drywall down, it's gonna be so much better. And then the studs are left staring at you. You're like, I hate this house. It's so naked. Well, you're the one that took the drywall. You, You own up to it if you're adding to the problem. You might call your husband a narcissist, but you're probably the narcissist. You know what I'm saying? You might be the problem. If you are, repent, repent, and ask God, you, say, I don't want to be a narcissist, take it out of me. And apply some balm of Gilead, for God's sakes. <laughs> some oil of wine or whatever. Go read the book of Solomon. Of Solomon Solomon. You, you should be from your bedchamber. <laughs> Start reading of Solomon Solomon's. okay here's an example for you job's attack it was an attack to curse god and die that's an attack somebody tells you to drop anything of god's so that it could just be over with that's an attack from the devil so job's attack from the devil to curse god and die came from where his wife (laughs) okay And he didn't listen to it. Then, so that didn't work. So who showed up next? His friends! (sighs) Right? And they took a different angle. They took God's side. (laughs) They took God's side and told him why God was doing that to him. So they were, so the one said, Why don't you curse God and die? You have a relationship with God, just curse him and die. Because she knew he would die if he cursed God, right? And he knew that he would die if he, so just go ahead and do it. But so he didn't, so he lived. So then the friends came in to say, God's doing it this to you because of how you're behaving, so adjust your behavior. At the end, whose behavior needed to be adjusted? The friends, to the point where God wouldn't even listen to them pray to him. Job had to pray for them. All right? Go to, uh, if you go, put this in your notes, Job 42 is where you'll find the Job praying for them thing. You guys okay? So let me read some notes I put about Job. God himself came to help Job. God himself came to help. Nobody qualified to help Job. Job had nobody in his sphere of influence that could help him. That God himself had to come. Check, And he was the richest man. If you read the history, he was the richest man in the East. And he had nobody around him that could influence him in right vision of who God is in his life. Not a single one person. And he was so, uh, he gave so much to the poor. He helped all these people, which his friends pointed out was why he was being punished. <laughs> and <laughs> he wasn't doing enough apparently. I'm like, my, that's what Judas did to Jesus. And God himself. So here's the bottom line. If you have to drop every single soul from your friend list for the first three months of 2024, guess who's showing up? God. So that ain't a bad deal. You know what I'm saying? I'm just saying to the extreme, God will show up. So you don't have to be afraid that you'll be so lonely and alone. You probably need to be. You probably need to be alone. So you can realize God's been there the whole time. And you really aren't lonely. Yeah. But you haven't been fulfilled because you've been with the wrong person. <sighs> you guys, everybody doing okay? You're looking at me really weird. I'm just saying. If you had a mirror. <laughs> huh? It's weird. What I'm saying is weird. What's weird? <laughs> a lot of like, hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it's, they're thinking, aren't they? Thinking about it. Okay. Uh, okay, let me see what else I wrote here. To get Okay, here. So God went and talked to Job directly, right? Today, God talks to you through the Holy Spirit. Right? And if you've got a block to objectively listening to Holy Spirit... He'll send one of his officers. You know one of those fivefold ministries? I called it officers. He sent one of his officers to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> or he may send a sheep, but not a sheep could talk to you. <laughs> right? But the communication system that God has now is much more, you know, <laughs> advanced than when it was just him and Job down there in the, <laughs> in the hill country. You understand? So God, has, it's even more higher level speaking now that god has to you but you have to listen remember i told you don't break the belief system the belief chain you have to listen stop being so se- skeptical about people who've had results you have to be skeptical about yourself why, why aren't they working for you working for everybody else how come it ain't working for you how come it's taking so long to work for you i question that I question that big time. Um, So just know whatever voice you listen to, that is the voice that will influence your future. It's like, you know, whatever um, plant food you gave your plants in the summertime, that's what decides how big the fruit is and what will happen to it. The voice, the voices in your life, that's your plant food. There could be lots of voices, but the one you listen to is what's feeding you. So don't be concerned about all the voices. See, this is what happens to people. They're like, well, if I get rid of that voice, that voice, and that voice, then I could really... Li-. No, you're you a woman. You could do 500 things at one time. For women, this is even easier than a guy. A guy has to stop the compartment, close the door. I'm over here. <laughs> Open the door. Open the compartment. Sit down. Put the feet up. Okay, now what are we talking about? <laughs> By that time, women have gone through 50 rooms, and they're just like sweeping it with their eyes and their head, and they. F- <laughs> okay, remember I told you in the beginning, it's not going to take you a long time. Your brain should already be going through and going. Whoa, 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 that belongs. To you. uh, 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 uh. You're a woman. <laughs> okay, <laughs> you're a woman. So don't get caught in the trap that I got to get rid of this before I could do that. If you do this, that will go. <sighs> you ever walk in a place and like at first you hear an annoying sound, but if you stay there long enough, you don't even hear it? Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, okay. You never stay the same. You will always go higher or lower. You're never staying the same. You think you're stagnant, but all that's happening is you stink, but you're going lower. <laughs> if you think you're stagnant, you're really going lower as you smell. <laughs> I'm talking about the spiritual realm now. <laughs> okay? Because here's what stinks about you, the complaining and the complaining and the complaining. This is what happened in the wilderness. It got so bad that it smelled like death in the camp. Every day they were burying their dead because of their complaining, okay? Okay. My dad preached a sermon about that and he was saying calculating the number of people that had to die and the amount of time they had, they were doing funerals every day because in the Jewish cu- custom you bury them, you know, right away. That's what happened for 40 years. Eating manna and burying dead. What a life. Well, the kids have to hang out and Joshua and Caleb have to wait because of your mouth. I don't know. I'd have found some way to climb that mountain, man. I'm just telling you. But hey. Um, Okay? Here's some instructions Um, Make a list of areas with restrictions. And you have to find out the lie that keeps you there. What is the lie? That makes the restriction okay with you. Okay. What lie keeps you there? You there. There is the bondage place. Okay. Everybody, good. So, if there's a lie that there's a, if there's a restriction in your life, there is a lie that has kept you there meaning there's a truth you don't know because you will know the truth and the truth will set you free so a restriction is caused by a lie that you believe that you believe is true right like like when they um when when young girls are kidnapped and put into that trade they will defend the person after a while because they believe what the person told them, right? So they'll start defending the person. So that's the lie that keeps you... Women in an abusive relationship, they'll defend their husband till the day they die. Well, because they bought the lie. They don't know the truth, right? Okay. Make a list of your free areas, places that you have freedom in, and find out what truth you know, and then ask for more revelation, so that's a place you can grow, so the place you're free in, there's unlimited growth available. Okay, did Jesus tell them, okay, you saw me do signs and wonders, guys, so at least your quota, (laughs) your quota (laughs) is to at least try to do what I've done. Isn't that a different thing than him saying, you'll do more than I've done? Doesn't that now leave it unlimited versus at least try to do what I've done? You see? You see the difference in the language? So the language of freedom is limitless possibilities. The language of control is you could do it, but only to this point. So I've heard... Okay, so people tell me, well, you know, this person still lets me do what I would like to do, even though they you know, don't feel the same way and whatever, they'll still allow me. As 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 soon as you use that word allow with me, alarms go off inside. Because you're telling me somebody will allow you to do something that's not their place to give permission to do. So at the level of allowance is your platform of bondage. So their control wouldn't get activated where you can see it until you reach that level of of allowance. But if you go past the allowance level, that's when you'll see the control. But you've been you've been controlled the whole time, but you don't know. But it's been hiding at the level of allowance Th- does that make sense you see what i'm saying right now that you might just be happy to be allowed <laughs> so that's a that's a, that's like a cuss word to my life you don't tell me i'm allowed to do something like <laughs> you have no jurisdiction on my allowance Right? So you're talking to the person who thinks they can leap, pa- leap past a troop and climb or whatever. And they- <laughs> while wow, I was hopping, <laughs> I could climb. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? So you, you have. <laughs> I want you to look your pl- at your places of freedom. This is what you think are your places of freedom. And you're looking to see if it's really free. It's only free if you can be limitless in it. But it ain't free if you got a quota and if you have an allowance. (laughs) That means you're being treated like a child, which means you are being parented, which means you are not an adult, which means you can't make your own decisions. You know, I hear people say, well, he's a really nice guy. He treats me nice. Okay, honey. What is your standard of being treated nicely? well he doesn't hit me well wow that could last for like a month or two that's all if he knows that's all he has to do is not hit you for two months get you to sign the papers and marry him I mean yeah how about if you hit back and then walk away <laughs> make sure you hit before you walk <laughs> I think I was born with oil on me. (laughs) You can't tie me up. (laughs) Uh, Don't break. Okay, I told you this. All right. Don't break the belief chain. If the person praying for you has faith in what they're praying for, but you don't have faith. This is another thing. If you don't even have faith for it, thank God that he sent somebody that has the faith. Because that's what's necessary for access is faith. So if somebody's going to come alongside you with their faith, it's like somebody paying for your lunch. You're not going to go, okay, you can go ahead and pay for it, but I'm not going to eat. you're telling complaining to everybody that you're so hungry and nobody's going to help you and you're so hungry somebody shows up and says here i'll pay for your meal and you say you can pay for it but i'm gonna eat it's the same that people do i'm so sick i've been with this for years and they're like okay well let me agree and pray with you well you can pray for me but that doesn't work for me okay then what is it that you want if you don't think healing works for you what are you asking for what are you asking for? You're asking for people to agree with you that it's been painful? Okay, yeah. So what's next? You want people to sympathize when you feel bad for you? Okay, I feel bad for you. What else do you want? Huh? Do you see what I'm saying? You got to know what you want and then seek and you will find. Knock. The door will be opened. You see the actions that are happening before the thing happens? Oh, ladies. So, so, let me read this whole thing before I start preaching on it. Okay. So, um, if the person praying for you has faith in what they're praying But you don't have faith in their ability or what they're saying, God is saying to you. You you won't be able to write this down, just listen. Then you've broken the belief chain and started a disbelief string like Judas did. Okay? This is what Judas did when the people came with money to Jesus or any kind of gift to Jesus, right? If you're believing God but keep rejecting his vessels that carry your answer, then what do you expect God to do? So here is Judas who is the treasurer to the savior of the world. But yet he thinks that the savior of the world should do things this way. You understand? This is the same thought process that you're, you're activating when you don't believe, right? Um, Okay. So here's my final things in 2024. No more about God, about yourself and about your neighbor. Those three categories, You have to know more about God, about yourself, and about your neighbor. Here's why. That completes the love walk. Because you're supposed to love God first and love your neighbor as yourself. If you focus on knowing more in those three categories, you're able to build your love walk properly. Right? It's our love for one another that will prove to the world that we are Christians. That's what the Bible says. All this is so you can get the proof to the world that you're a Christian by loving your neighbor as yourself and loving God first. The first quarter, January, February, March. How many days does March have? 31? Jan, Feb, March. But you're going to go to March 30th, not 31st. You got a day of rest. That's a that's a model God did. You're gonna sit back and admire everything you did. Is it the twenty? Is it twenty nine? Twenty eight? Twenty eight? Not thirty. That's what I would say. How many days is twenty eight? I knew one of them has 28th, right? So you have an extra day. Oh no. March thirtieth. Do not confuse me, young lady. This is all the, all the months combined, January, February, March. So we're going all the way to March 30th is your end of your, th- of your first quarter. Do you understand? You get this, what I'm saying? If you want to break it down by months, that's up to you. But within the first quarter, you're working these things out. Everybody got that? You should have... You know how people write resignation letters? You know when people have a job and they want to resign? but you know about it, right? Okay. (sighs) Go online and Google resignation letters, (laughs) okay? And get a template of verbiage or written things that you wanna use to distance yourself from people. So you practice it with yourself. So when it happens, I heard this thing and and I thought, that's what I do. So if you imagine yourself doing something that you have to do for the first time, your body thinks that you've done it. Right? So then when you actually show up to do it the first time, your body doesn't react like it's the first time and you've never done it. It reacts like we've done this before, let's do it again. Right? So that's what I'm telling you to do. Go look up stuff and imagine yourself calmly and very professionally and with authority. Putting a little distance. And in some cases you don't have to say a word to them. You just plan to do it. Delay for three months. That's easy to do in today's culture. You're busy for three. Do not lie. Do not lie. <laughs> do not lie. If they ask you, you tell them, I'm trying something new for the first three months of this year. Can you give me an opportunity to do that? I'll explain after it's done. And that's a good way to do it. And then when you have your findings, you can explain to them, you weren't in my life for three months. <laughs> And I grew exponentially. <laughs> but let me explain something that may happen. <laughs> they may actually be a very insecure person. So they can't wait three months. So they'll go find another person too. You know what I'm saying? If it's a genuine person that wants the best for you, they'll wait for three months and they'll help you and they'll rise to whatever level you got to. They'll want you to help them get there. That's how it works, right? They'll actually thank you for it. They won't be like, I can't believe you. Let me go for three months. Well, guess what? Some more good news for you. (laughs) (laughs) I now deem you free as a bird. You have to make such an impact on people that even the ones who don't qualify to be around you anymore still want to be around you. They hunt for you. But you have to be so qualified and high level that you don't feel like, oh, that's oh, my God, they want me. <laughs> Do you know, Like you can't be like, because then that's pride, you know, like, oh, look, they come crawling back. You know, I don't know if it was a couple years ago, right? (laughs) We can go by now. (laughs) Bye, everybody.